It's time for another episode of Bangers and Trash, your podcast for all things fantasy football. Right, welcome to the Bangers and Trash podcast. I'm your host, Matt May, or Statman May, you can find me on Twitter. I'm joined as always by Lightside 7. Tony, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Matt. Enjoying the uh, four-day weekend or day one of. Fantastic stuff. Yes, good stuff. If you're listening in the US, we've got a, uh, a long bank holiday this weekend because we're celebrating the Royals. I'll get to that in a second and see if you've had any street parties yourself. But first of all, Rob, you're back again. Three weeks on the trot, making it a habit. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, good. Good. Glad to be on. Um, just got back from Alton Towers. So I'm uh, trying to chill out a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rob doesn't have any kids. He's just, he just likes to go to Alton Towers and so he spends his bank holiday again. So. <laughs> Um, uh, any parties any street parties guys not for me uh, there is one tomorrow and um, I might make an appearance I haven't decided yet depends on the uh, on the food that's available yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. bring a dish apparently so I need to think of something <laughs> tonight <clears throat> yeah. get down Tesco get those yellow labels yeah. and uh, take it along what about you Rob is anything anything kicking off around your way no, it's uh, quite a rough area where I am, so uh, we don't have <laughs> <laughs> no street parties here, mate. <laughs> no, just the odd riot every now and then. Um, all right, wicked. Well, today, well, the last couple of weeks we talked about the rookies. Um, we covered it in, in two parts, um, plenty of debate in that. And they were talking about second year improvements or potential declines. We've got a couple of players we're going to run to at each position in the offense. Couple of quarterbacks, couple of right uh, running backs, couple of wide receivers, and a uh, couple of tight ends. Chat through, and yeah, we're going to basically talk about whether we think they're going to have an improved season on last year, whether they they might not have an improved season. Tony, do you want to add any more to that? You're always the guy with the context. Yeah, not. I think it's pretty good. We got a good list here. They're they're not really um, one way or another, so it should generate a good bit of discussion. And, you know, we're not looking for breakout discussion here or busts. It's improvement, as Matt said, from last year, I think. So do we think they're going to batter their kind of end position or even better points per game, you know, if we can go into that much detail because that, that's where the fancy gold is. So, yeah, looking forward to this discussion. Let's get going. Wicked. Right. So let's kick off with the main talking point of quarterback last year as a rookie, Trevor Lawrence. So just looking at his um, 17 games or 18 games, the, the normal season, uh, 60% completion rate, attempted 602 passes, completed 359, 3734 yards and 17 interceptions. Where do we think, or how do we feel generally? I come to you first, Tony. How do you feel about Trevor Lawrence's first season, and and what do you think this season looks like for him in terms of a potential improvement? Well, that that really was Statman May coming through there, mate. Well, well played with the stats, Thank you, mate. Yeah, um, off the top of your head, um, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So uh, Lawrence came in with so much expectation. I think um, he came in at the clear one one in Superflex for starters, just in the fancy world. Obviously, in the real world, there was no discussion. He was the first overall pick. Um, so, again, he was number one across the board in, uh, you know, in any format, really. Um, uh, I think he got unlucky with a coach. We've got to be, let's all be honest, the, the coach is gone, the head coach, Ibermeyer, he, he was a bit of a joke in Jacksonville. He's left. 
Um, however, he didn't. I, I don't think he played um, as well as people thought he would. I think the Jags fans, for example, probably expected a little bit more from him year one. I think that's fair to say. Um, he didn't really put any games on his back. You didn't see um, him really carry the team when they needed to. Um, the Jags didn't really have much around him, to be fair, but we'll get into that. And the, the injuries as well didn't help. But I, I just think overall it was a disappointing season. Um, and, you know, you, you can't blame it all on the coach, which is quite easy to do. I think it would have been nice to see him pick up some games and and even just win a few games on his own, which I didn't see. He did flash towards the end, which is good to see, and I'll stay in people's minds. So for me, it's an easy kind of has to be an improvement for, for Lawrence this year that, you know, his value hasn't really, it has gone down a little bit in dynasty formats, but, you know, his name carries that value with it. So uh, he's a buy low. If you can buy low, um, he's only going to improve. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with a, you got Doug Peterson coming over. So, he, you know, he, he carried kind of falls and Wentz at one stage and he's a quarterback himself, I think. So yeah, I'm looking forward to what he does this year. I think it's going to be better. Nice. Thanks, Tom. Rob, would you agree with that? that um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, it, it definitely looks to improve this year or has to improve on that first season. I think he has to improve. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people now starting to maybe doubt him a little bit. I think he was the golden boy last year and, you know, everybody was wanted him. He was the one who won. He's had a great college career, but um, there is risk. I think, uh, I think Tony's right. He's definitely lost a little bit of shine, a little bit of value in Dynasty. Um, looking at his numbers last year, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd hope to see an improvement. It did sort of, I suppose, looking at, I mean, we only play four point passing, but I mean, he had 18 points in week 18. There's a lot of 10 pointers and fives in there. So it can only be better. Um, you know, they've upgraded the weapons slightly, but again, that's my biggest concern is, you know, looking at the weapons he's got. He's got Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and then uh, Chenault. So, you know, it's not world, it's not world, uh, world beating wide receivers there. Uh, you know, still a lot of question marks on Christian Kirk, whether he's actually a, a wide receiver one in at all. So, so yeah, I I think you'd like to see an improvement, but um, I don't know. Uh, I, he's probably my out of all the quarterbacks. I think him and him and Fields, are, I think, are in the worst position for this year. So, but yeah, obviously, you know. Should improve, but um, I wouldn't say he's going to mass. I wouldn't say a massive jump for me. Okay, moving on to someone who was in and around the conversation with Trevor Lawrence last year. So Zach Wilson, fifty-five percent completion rate through, through for a lot less attempts and a lot less yards than Trevor Lawrence. Tony, what's the narrative around Zach Wilson for you in Dynasty? In Dynasty. Uh... I think this is a. I, I think he's getting close to kind of make it. So Lawrence is going to have a bit more of a kind of um, longer kind of tenure to turn it around. I think Wilson might be close to kind of make or break. I reckon in in the, with the Jets, they want to see something from him. They have surrounded him with with talent. That's the difference really between Roberto just talked about. You know, Kirk Cousins is the wide receiver one there. Well, we're not um, not Kirk Cousins, Kirk. Christian Kirk, we're not sure, obviously, if he is. They have put Engram and Travis Etienne coming back for for Lawrence, which I do like both of those additions. Um, 
as well, which we didn't get to. But Wilson has got, you know, Elijah Moore, which we'll talk about. Garrett Wilson now. Um, but he may take, take a bit of time coming in. They put Brees Hall there. They also got... Um, uh, can't remember in the draft, but they bolstered up their offensive line and their defensive line as well. So they're trying to make a good team within the Jets, which probably takes a little bit of pressure off him, which I'd be like interested to see how he copes with. But he was, you know, QB 30, I think, or 31 last year. Um, he didn't play for, for some of the games, obviously. Mike White came in and actually shone for the Jets. But down the stretch, he was putting up, he, he showed he could do the 22, 23 point game, just looking at it. He posted that with his rushing. He had one game of 91 yards on the ground. That That's elite rushing. Obviously, he doesn't do that all the time, but if he could do, if he can show and he can have those 91 yards, obviously, there's that one play that he broke for 45 or whatever. But again, you know, it's, it's nice to see that he can do it in the NFL. That'll pick his uh, fancy numbers back up. But I think he's going to be close. He'll be closer to um, prove it or bust this year than Lawrence. You know, I'm thinking in the middle of the year this year, if the Jets are, um, I don't know, two and six or whatever, and they really need Wilson to come through, um, and he doesn't, uh, there'll be a discussion on whether they go quarterback next year, and that'll be the end of Zach Wilson. Whereas Lawrence will have a longer um, kind of period to, to turn it around, I think, at the Jags. Rob, do you agree with that? Do you think it's make or break for? Zach Wilson? Um, no, I don't. I, I I disagree a little bit. I think he's um <clears throat> obviously he's got the better weapons, but um I think they just did a better job the Jets than the than the um than the Jags. So I don't think um I don't think they're doing anything different. You know they're doing you know they're both trying to um, make them better. Um, mm. but um you know the weapons are much better. You got Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall, I, I like him. I think he's a sneaky, he's a sneaky by low. I think he's, um, yeah, he could pop this year. And like Tony said, he's got good rushing. Um, we haven't seen Lawrence's rushing, mind. He, he was good in college at rushing, so I'd expect improvements. There's, there's no doubt. I can't see why he, he wouldn't be better. But I don't think, I don't think they'll cut him. But we don't know. I think, I think they're both in the same position. I, I just don't think one's got a longer leash than the other I think they're both you know not make or break but I think there'd be some questions for both if they didn't perform better this year yeah I think the reason why I think Lawrence might have a longer leash is the first year for Lawrence was a complete write-off for that training uh, the coach and staff at least this year now someone's come in and if that coach has two or three years they'll want to stay with Lawrence Peterson will want to stay with him whereas you know the Jets have had one year of Zach Wilson already. This is his second. So I think that's quite important that there's a new coach with, with Lawrence this year. I, I'm looking at Lawrence. Lawrence finished 23, QB 23 last year, um, which sounds okay, but actually that's not great because so many QBs got injured. So points per game, he was, he was a lot less, wasn't he? Um, and like I said, he didn't break... I think Roberto said he didn't really come through towards the you know the back end of that year with any big games, whereas Wilson did. So I, I see what you're saying about Wilson being kind of like a sneaky by low with his weapons, but how quickly do we think a rookie wide receiver in Garrett Wilson's going to step up? Um, they got Corey Davis as well, haven't they? So I think they got 
I think the other mm. difference is that he's missed he missed five he missed five games and he obviously got put I think he, he got injured in the one. So basically he had a, a period in the middle of the season of six yeah. game absence. So you can't really judge him on, you know, five games at the beginning and then we but we both agree if you look at his games from week twelve onwards to week seventeen. They're not too, you know. There's some did Lawrence play the full season. I don't think he missed any time. No, that's um, what I mean. So he was he was QB twenty three. He didn't miss a game. It looks like at all time during the game. So yeah, uh, yeah. I just think they won't give up on Lawrence. Whereas I think they might give up on Zach. The the reason for that again is the, the coaching staff. I think you know two years they would have with him. And if they are bottom of the draft next year, the the, the team around the Jets is set to win very soon. So a QB like, I don't know, who's coming next year? What, CJ Stroud. Stroud. Yeah, well, right if, they, if, they, if they find themselves at the top of that draft with the team they got, they take a quarterback. With Jags won't, won't, that's what I I'm saying. That's the yeah. difference. Jags won't take quarterback next year. That's in I my think, opinion. Yeah, I, I get it. But you also got to remember the Jets drafted Zach Wilson, the same management, the same coaching staff, whereas... The, the, the Jags obviously didn't. Doug Peterson didn't draft Trevor Lawrence. So I don't see why you would have a longer leash than Wilson if he's not the people who actually drafted him. Um, and I don't think the Jets, as much as you think he might stink, I think the Jets would be decent regardless because they could run the ball. Obviously, they've got pretty, you know, yeah. put a big a lot of capital in the Brees Hall. I mean, obviously, they could do the same in the, in the the with the Jags. They could do it with, with Travis at the end. So... I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're... I mean, the, the questions are, are they both going to look to improve? I think we both agree this likely that yeah. they're going to be better. This, you know, yeah. they should be better. Okay, yeah, nice. I agree with that. Finish with agreement there. That's always good. Let's move on to the running back position. Um, let's talk about Elijah Mitchell first. 963 rushing yards, 207 attempts, average 4.7 yards. Five touchdowns. Um, in a bit of a mess of a system, tough to uh, in redraft. It's tough to look at these backs. Um, but let's talk about Elijah Mitchell as a potential improvement next year. Rob, we'll go to you first. Where do you sit on Elijah Mitchell, um, and where do you see him going into this season? I'm worrying for him. I mean, for me, he's a he's a automatic sell in dynasty. He's probably too late, if anything. Um, I think Tony mentioned it last week that, you know, Shanahan will just play whoever's fit, whoever takes his fancy, you know, whoever's, whoever's looking hot in training. Um, they brought in a Tyrion Davis-Price in the third round this year, um, mm-hmm. who's he's stronger, bigger, faster, I believe. Um, so I worry. I think he was a late round draft pick. I can't remember if it was the sixth or seventh round. Um so like the James Robinson story, but but obviously it's just a different system. And obviously the 49ers just like to just throw in whoever um, and get their worth out of them. But yeah, I'm, I worry. I, I cannot see him. I don't think he'll be the main starter. I don't see him doing all, you know, playing. I mean, I don't see any running back doing 17 games, but I just think, I think it's a definite no for improvement for me. Um, the scheme and all is the same. It'd be better. You know they've obviously improved their um their, their players, but I just I'm not sure he's going to get the gig. 
Um, so automatically for me, that's, you know, selling dynasty and, and um, not an improvement, really. I can't see how he can improve. He was, he was very good last year. His numbers were really good, but I just worry that obviously they drafted, drafted Tyrion Price and they've got um, Trey Sermon. They may cut him, but, you know, again, he might have a good preseason. Hasty. They just got so many numbers. I just I can't see how he how he gets any better than last year. Tony, do you agree with that? No improvement. Yeah. So this is an easy agreement here. I I you want to say that the 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 top option in Shanahan's backfield with Trey Lance, who could hold defenses a bit more to open those lanes up, will do really well. But there's no, I don't, I don't see loyalty with Shanahan ever. I think it could be Mitchell one game, and he could do something wrong, and he'll be in the doghouse. You know, although it didn't seem like he did last year, to be fair. But you know, he got injured, so that's as good as you know not playing or whatever. Um, as soon as Price comes in, I think Tyrion Davis Price will do as good a job at or a lot better. He's he is bigger. He's taller. He's bigger he's not faster but he probably is if you if you you know count the the weight um adjusted score so you know i've i've seen some of his lsu plays now and he does feel like the kind of player who who just makes that one cut and then goes to shanahan kind of likes sermon probably wasn't that well schemed in shanahan's uh, system he, he looked like he was a bit of a um, wait for things to develop, then go rather than put your kind of body on the line and just run straight through, um, which Sirius Davis Price does look like that. So I think he, c- he could easily um, get a crack at it and then hold that number one job. So yeah, I, he doesn't catch enough passes as well, Mitchell. And that was from Garoppolo, Jimmy G. And if it's Lance, then you like to probably think that, that those passes come down. So kind of any PPR league, um, He's probably a stay away. Um, and I don't know who's going to get the goal work. Like I said, TDP is bigger. So they might just give the goal work. They used to do something with most and Wilson, didn't they, when they got inside the 20? Just give it all to Jeff Wilson. It wouldn't surprise me if Elijah Mitchell is maybe between the 20s and TDP comes in for those goal line touches, something like that as well. So there's risk. Um, he was RB, what was he, RB, 23 last year? Um, let's have a look. He was RB26 in PPR, 23 in standard. So there you go. PPR was a lot less um, for probably what I was thinking. He didn't catch that many. So he, he stepped down in PPR. And I think that might, I, I, I can't see him being comfortably in the RB2 range. So I agree with Roberto overall. Okay. So let's move on to a player that we will probably be a little bit more excited about. Um, Javante Williams, average 4.4, 203 rushing attempts, 903 yards last season, four touchdowns, sharing the field again. But uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz about this player, people trying to buy him midway through last season. Um, Tony, back to you first yeah. on this one. Uh, improvement? So, uh, yes, it's easy for me. Yes, Roberto probably won't won't agree with this one because I know where he is with Javante Williams but it's an easy yes for me because it was 50-50 last year with Melvin Gordon I think it's going to be 60-40 touches to Williams this year at least because they brought Melvin back minimum 
salary or whatever and right at the end so you know there was there's a bit of doubt there new coaching staff as well don't know who that favors but obviously a better QB so if he's getting more touches better offense one year into the system one year accustomed to the NFL Malvin Gordon one year older Williams can only go up Rob do you agree with that yeah I think well you have to agree that he's going to be better I think just based on the offense you know with Wilson coming in um you know he'd probably be more efficient I'm not sure about the touches. It may well be 50-50 again. There is a change of staff, so I don't know. No one knows. It could be 60-40, 70-30 in Williams' favour. They're obviously going to try him a little bit more just because of his age, his youth. But Gordon was good last year, and I think a year older, I don't think it's going to make a massive difference. They wouldn't have re-signed him if they thought he didn't have any um, anything left in the tank. So I think, you know, if we're looking at just Dynasty again, like I said, the, yeah, I said last week in terms of, right, I, I'm a, he's a sell for me. But, you know, the question is, is he going to improve? Yes, he probably will, just because the offence will be much better. But I don't think he's going to, you know, he's certainly not going to be someone at the end of the season where you're going, wow, what a player, top five, so to speak, unless, obviously, Gordon goes down. But if he stays fit as much as Williams, then I think this is just going to be another frustrating backfield and and something that I would be staying away from in, in redraft this year. Um, and Dynasty, like I said, is a sell. So I, I agree with the redraft one completely. But in Dynasty, how can... So the way I need to look at this is how we, we need to be... This time next year, do you think Williams' value goes up or down? If, if it's the same pattern as this year, last year, so if Gordon stays healthy and they have this frustrating backfield, I'd assume his value will go down. But the general public at the moment, as I said, I think he's just so overhyped. Everybody seems to think it's his role and he's going to be the three down back. And he's, you know, he's in Dynasty's top three off top four. So I can't, I can't get my head around how that's possible when he hasn't got the backfield. He's not Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, we know, is getting all three, you know, all three downs. He's going to be on the on the field the majority of the times, so that's that's my only thing. He's he's very young, you know. Don't get me wrong. If they don't if they don't bring Gordon back next year and he does get all the work, then obviously yeah, his value will go up. But I think if it stays like this, I think his value goes down at the end of this year, just on frustration for people who got him. But that's my take. Okay, yeah, that's that's a good take actually. From frustration, frustration on people who got him. I was thinking more of. <clears throat> um, who who what has to happen for his value to go down? So they're not going to sign Gordon again next year. It's unlikely they to bring him back one year, one year, one year deal. I I don't see that. You don't see that often, do you? Someone like Josh Jacobs was going to come off um, of their contract. If they sign someone like that to join the backfield, that's the only way his his value is going to go down, isn't it? Because if they draft someone in, which they will have to, then it's it's Williams the three down three down role. Um, they could just be. I just think you that... sit here. You look at those top di- di- those RBs in Dynasty. Who's going to still be there next year in that bracket? I, I would say Swift is definitely one. Najee Harris. Gonna be there. Najee yeah. Harris. Well, Najee Harris is old. Uh, he's, mind. he's not that old either. He's still 24, 25, but he's still going to be... I, I'm thinking this time next year. So we sit in this chair next yeah. year for value. Uh, I just want to check Hall. how old. You like Brees yeah, so Brees Hall. Hall. Yeah, so someone like Brees Hall, I think Swift... Let's say Harris Dobbins, will be twenty-five. Dobbins maybe 
Travis Etienne. Um, and yeah, but all young. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just like I said, there's there's no guarantee that they don't bring in another running back next year, and that's the way they just play. As much as we all wanted to have all three, you know, three down work, they just might be a team that wants two yeah. running backs, um, share the load. Obviously, you've seen the glimpse of him; he looks great. But I just, I just think, from my from my point of view, it's it's just a selling dynasty. I don't know why you would hold a player who's going to possibly give you another frustrating year when you can get you can get top dollar for him now. Get rid of him, and you haven't got any worries, and then reinvest. You know, that, that, that's how I how I see it. Yeah, I I think we both agree though. Going back to redraft, he is going too high in redraft. Um, and he is going to improve on RB18. I well, I think he is, but he won't be nowhere near where they're taking him in redraft at the moment. Yeah, nice. And this this might be a hard one to answer on the spot, but Rob, if you were to move him on, if anyone's listening to this now and they've got him and they're listening to you and taking your great advice that you've been giving us for the last three weeks. And they're fielding trade offers. What what are you looking for, roughly? There are two ways I would do it. Um, you either tear down, so you get a, a decent running back, somebody in the region of. Um, well, the guys you just said, Etienne. Yeah, possibly Etienne. But I, I, yeah, it depends again where you are. I don't want to sit on the fence whether you're competing or rebuilding or whatever. But yeah, I would have tear down Travis Etienne and probably, I don't know if you'd get a first and Etienne for him. Um, I would probably be someone more like you could probably do Kamara and the first uh, or Chubb and a first for Williams or you just you don't tear down you just get the picks and in today's market and the way he's viewed you know you you, you can't take less than two firsts whatever year that would be the sort of range I would say he was at so if you agree with that Tom yeah yeah probably um Two firsts, I would take two firsts. That's high. Yeah. I think so actually, you can get think... it though, because Taylor's like, you know, if you look at Taylor's number one. Most people are saying, yeah. you've got to give three, maybe four firsts for Taylor. So I was trying to think of a wide receiver in the same range. Someone, I think CD Lamb. So if you could get CD Lamb for, for, for uh, Javante Williams, I would probably do that. But that Straight would be up. it. Yeah, it'd be one, two, three. It'd be one, two, three. Chase Jefferson, Lamb would just be in for the top three because I don't have Williams in the top three or four. I actually have Swift high. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I would probably take CD Lamb for him, and that would be it. So if you wanted to do a sideways move, I would take Lamb. But two firsts definitely take that. I'd, I'd be surprised if you get that. I think. Really? Mm, I, I think so. Maybe, maybe before Gordon. I don't know. I like. I haven't seen many like that. That's that's good. Um, well, I, ju- I just think that's that's his value. Them, you know, any top running, the top three or four running backs ranked are all going to get two firsts. I think there's no one giving you just no one's taking a first, and no one's going to take a first and a second for a top running back. Um, no, I think the, the the first thing you said was better. You know, Etienne in a second, something like that. Yeah, that that'd be more yeah, realistic. I think that's Etienne more realistic. Yeah. 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 All right. Awesome. That's great stuff. It's good to get that insight on uh, trades as well for anyone listening and holding that player or looking to buy that player. We'll move on to the wide receiver position and we'll start off with Elijah Moore. Um, 
77 targets last season, 43 reception, receptions, 538 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Rob, we'll go to you first. Simple question, as it has been to make the show, improve or decline on Elijah Moore? So this one's really tricky because um, Elijah Moore's one of my, my boys um, from the start. I, I really like, like the player. Um, I think we had this debate a couple of weeks ago. We'll be looking at Garrett Wilson versus Elijah Moore and the draft capital and the rest of it. It's so hard. I would like to say easy yes, but he had such a good, you know, he, he basically had a mini breakout, didn't he, the end of last year? Um, or sorry, not last year, mid, mid of the year, sort of between weeks nine and 13. He was tremendous, I believe, from memory. He was top, top three a top three wide receiver points per game um, or in that, in that position. So he's talented. Um, you know, I think the, off, I, I, as I said, I already think Zach Wilson's going to take a step forward. I think the offense will take a step forward. So yes, I think he does improve. Okay. Nice. Tony, sorry to you. Do you agree with that? He will improve. Um, I do think he will improve as well because I think he's got the biggest, uh, connection with Zach Wilson already because Corey Davis missed quite a lot of time so I think you know he's kind of and he's a year older he might have missed his kind of window he, he's, he, he profiles more of a blocker to me Corey Davis now but he'll be still on the field, field for three three or two sets no doubt um, but I don't know he feels like he's lost his kind of rapport with Wilson by being injured um, Garrett Wilson is going to be Great, I think. He's got all the tools to be a top receiver. He's bigger as well than Elijah Moore. Just got that in his favour. However, he's a rookie, so we're not sure how quickly he'll take to it. So I do think they'll connect a little bit more. His cat, his He had a lot of targets in that stretch, but the other thing he had, a lot of touchdowns. So just looking at this now, he had six touchdowns in five weeks. So um, that's promising for his ceiling. Definitely, and that's where the numbers come from, probably. But his actually catch rate, he had quite a lot of targets, but his, his turned them into you know catches were, were not great. So I'd like to see an improvement there, and I do think they do that together, him and Wilson. So um, it's an improvement, but uh, it's one with caution because I think Wilson's ready to take over when he gets, the, gets accustomed to it. I actually think it might be a good sell window for Elijah Moore. Yeah, I don't know. Before I think we Wilson might have missed off. Might have missed the boat on that a little bit, I think. Um, pre-draft, I think, but you know, that's what I think you would have probably got top dollar for for him. But I think with Garrett Wilson, people just thinking, oh, well, he's the better player, he's the higher ranked, you know, draft yeah. capital. You're gonna probably not get the same sort of value as you would pre-draft. But no, I agree. I think the running game is the other thing we need to look at as well, because obviously they didn't have a running game last year, not a very good one. So now they've obviously signed you know Brees yeah. in the draft. So they may lean on the run a little bit more, so that takes away the targets. And like you said, Tom, you know, the targets yeah. are really high in that period, so you'll probably come down from the, you know, you had 11, 8, 12. I'd probably looking at more like 5 to 7, wouldn't you, as, a, as an average, as opposed to those numbers. Yeah, interestingly, though, his value didn't dip. So every, I think everyone knew Jets were going wide receiver. They had two picks in the top 10, didn't they? Um, I struggled to think who they took with the other pick. Source guard, no. Was it Source? Source guard, yeah. Source yeah, guard, yeah, and, yeah. and they took so, a tackle then. A tackle as well. So 
Yeah, what, what I'm saying, I think what I'm saying there is basically they have that everyone knew they were going to go wide receiver, so they were, it wasn't like a mad sell of Elijah Moore before the draft. I think everyone had them either penciled in at four or ten to take a receiver or whatever they were um, in the in the draft, and that everyone thought it was London, didn't they? I think just because of the fit, whatever, um, it's probably hurt more a little bit more than it's Wilson. But there might be another sell window for more, I think, if you really want to cash in. But I, I his pedigree is there. He's good, I mean, he's set up, isn't he? He's yeah, set he's up set up. There was yeah. Antonio Brown comparisons on there at one stage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. you, the two, wouldn't it? You, at the end of the day, most teams will have two. The aim is to get two top wide receivers. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what a team's looking for. So, you know, unless, you, unless he's ultimately the, not the one, then... Um, You'd be a little bit disappointed, but I, either way, you know, even if he's a good wide receiver too, it's a good player to have on your roster. Isn't it? Nice. Moving on to uh, to Amon Ra St. Brown, then. A lot of excitement towards the end of last season, won a lot of people. Um, their leagues, 119 targets, 90 receptions, 912 yards in the air, 61 yards rushing, five touchdowns in the air, one touchdown. Rushing, um, Tony, crazy, you first. absolute crazy finish, yeah, insane, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 13 onwards, he had double digit targets every single game 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So basically, weeks 13 onwards, he had double digit targets and he scored a touchdown pretty much in every game, yeah. And um, people would have had him on their team earlier in the season, they would have dropped him, dropped people would have picked him yeah. up, yeah, that's the way it goes, you can draft. Yeah. However you like, but uh, you got to keep an eye on the wire, as you always say. Um, yeah, w- w- what do you see then for for Amara St. Brown? Can he build on that? Will he build on that? So he, he can he can build on that because his 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 role is secure. So they brought in DJ Chat. Josh Reynolds uh, is back again. They've got Jameson Williams. None, none of them are going to take away that small kind of slot role, which I think, and, and close to the line of scrimmage, which he was. So they won't take them away. The, the players that'll take it away are Hawkinson and Swift. Um, so if either of those two players, and we're predicting Swift is, and I am, if either of those step up to what they could be with their potential, I think Amara takes a step back. So I'm not worried about the wide receivers on the outside at all. If anything, they probably help. DJ Chark is getting slapped on a lot in this uh, offense because Williams is not going to, hit the ground running with his injury and being a rookie as well. So I think our teacher Charles is a sleeper, but you know, that's another story. Um, Goff's never been great at throwing the ball deep anyway. So we'll see how that works out. But I, I don't think that actually hurts Amara. I think if Hawkinson really wants to step up this year, which he's primed to, um, and Swift gets those targets and stays on the field. If he stays on the field for third down, the he, he, he will command the targets rather than Jamal Williams who comes in now and again so yeah I see him stepping down for that reason I think those two step up and take a little bit off him he's not going to get those targets that we just talked about 11-12 a game Um, they were on the field a lot and they were behind a lot they were throwing a lot you know if you remember the games themselves the one in Seattle rings a bell obviously that was the championship game Um, it just felt like they were on the field a lot more chasing the game so you know garbage time is a thing as well, but they're, they're all very hard to predict those kind of things 
whereas um, you know talent of the players around them is a bit, little bit easier to see. Um, so I think step down, but still relevant in this offense. Well, do you agree with that step down? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the, the the first thing is that obviously the Lions. They're definitely going to be better next year. They sort of felt a little bit of groove at the end of the season. Sorry, right. They're certainly not going to be, you know, they were going some mad scramble games. I think a couple of games they were like 30 odd points behind. They came back in worse, same situation. I think they'd be a decent team. But it's no coincidence that his best games were at the end of the season. I think the last six games where Hawkinson and Swift were, were, were neither, I think, were both not on the field with him. So, if they stay fit, there's just no way he can command that sort of those sort of targets. I think Tom's right. They're gonna, I think he's cemented the you know the, the short intermediate slot player. I think that's that's his now. But Hawkinson runs that you know runs those routes as well, and Swift. You know if he's if he stays healthy, I think we both agree he's a top three yeah. running back. He's gonna you know, he's a great pass catcher. He's gonna demand the ball, demand the targets. So again. He was another player that you should have certainly sold as high, at, you know, begin at the end of last year, early off season. But I just, I, I just, um, I cannot see him taking a step forward. Though I think he'd be productive. But I, I see wide receiver three with some good wide receiver two games in there. That's his ceiling for me going forward. Okay, nice. Cheers, gents. That's the wide receivers wrapped up. Let's move on to the tight end position. Um, we we'll go with Pitts. First of all, generational talent, a lot of buzz about Pitts. Um, 110 targets, 68 receptions, over 1,000 yards, one touchdown. Um, Tony, back to you first. Pitts, talking yeah. about Pitts. So obviously, that's straight up the tight end position. Um, we, we got to be careful here, you know, if we're talking dynasty or redraft, because obviously in straight away in dynasties and he's pretty much untouchable still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll, we'll probably come at this obviously as a redraft perspective, because we're talking about what they're going to do in the next year. Um, so we'll try and try and it's hard for us, especially this time of year, but try and forget about his kind of value in, in uh, dynasty for this conversation, because he has now got <clears throat> essentially a weaker quarterback, just, just on the on the face of it, he's got a weak weaker quarterback because Matt Ryan obviously um, would stand there and throw it, um, and he's used to doing that for many years and being successful. Obviously, went to the Super Bowl, and they've gone that to that to Mariota. Not only that is obviously they've drafted a wide receiver on the outside who's who's very tall, um, and actually can play in the slot as well. So Drake London has got that ability to do that, um, and actually Ridley Ridley wasn't there last year that much with Pitts. I was looking at this recently to see uh, who was actually with him last year. And it was Russell Gage and Cordell Patterson were the main players that were on the same field as Pitts last year. So he he did command those targets being the kind of stature that he is. Um, But this year we're going to have Drake, London. Um, They got Edwards and Auden Tate. I know that doesn't sound great, but actually they were still better than probably Zacharias and someone else who they were throwing on the field last year, I can't think. Um, so that's a little bit of an improvement there as well for competition. <clears throat> they probably, um, so Patterson's, Patterson's the one really for me, I can't work out what they're going to do with him. Um, is he going to be a running back or is he going to be a wide receiver now they've got Algier 
and Damian Williams and apparently they like Caleb Huntley as well. So if Patson goes out wide or into the slot and they've got Drake London, Patson, Pitts and one of Edwards or, or um, uh, Auden Tate, uh, I'm a little bit worried about his immediate re- di- uh, redraft scoring. So he finished wide res- uh, tight end six last year, didn't he? PPR tight end six, I'm looking at here. Um, and I don't know if he batters it this year. With Mariota, I just I don't know. I'm I'm not confident enough to say he's going to be top five. Um, you look at Kittle, Waller, Andrews. They're definite in the top, three, you know, around the top three. I miss Kelsey, did I? He's four. So it's yeah, Kelsey it's, as well. It's Pitts at five, or he's the same as last year. And yeah, I'm not confident enough to say he's going to do better this year. But obviously, dynasty, different story. Because every one of those I've just said, apart from Andrews, really is getting on a bit. So, I mean, he's got six or seven years on all of them. So that's what I was trying to think, you know, trying to get that kind of dynasty value out the way immediate next year. I'm not sure if he does better. I'm probably, if I had to be pushed, I'd probably say less. That's probably a hot take. Rob, jump on that hot take. Do you agree? Uh, I agree with a lot of what he said. I think it's it's, the tight end is is such a, you know, a bad position to sort of judge and that there's only a handful of guys that really matter week in, week out. We all know his pedigree. We all know what he's worth in Dynasty, but his scores last year, he was pretty disappointing for large, you know, large, large parts of it. Um, he had a couple of big games. I think the one in London, if I remember, was a pretty good game. Um, was that Miami? Yeah, I think it was 21 or Jets. Sorry, the Jets at 24. One of those games, anyhow. He, um, he was really good. But like you said, Tom, he's, they brought in um, Drake London. They've got Mariota. He will run the ball a lot more than just throwing it, whereas Matt Ryan would never be able to run the ball, so he was always going to throw it. So I think the targets will probably be probably be the same um, across the board. I think he'll then he'll have his spike weeks. But again, the question is, will he improve? You'd like to think so if he's generational. Um, but I think I, I agreed to a point where I think if someone pushed me, I'd probably say, yes, he'll improve. But I don't think he'll improve to the sort of regions and realms that everybody thinks his dynasty position will. will yeah. if that makes sense. So, so, yeah, I think he will improve, but it'll be a slight improvement for me. I don't think it, it's not going to be a breakout where he's doing Kelsey numbers like, you know, like Kelsey's done as the number one tight end for years and Mark Andrews last year, whatever it might have been, but I can't see him doing that next year. But again, he's so young. Um, yeah. So the, 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 I'm just looking at this now. The way he improves, he's got one touchdown last year. Hmm. How, how is that even possible? I, well, I know how it was possible, but the Falcons were terrible, weren't they? They, they didn't get down there much. Probably Matt Ryan was terrible as well, wasn't he? He was he yeah. wasn't good last year. I don't think yeah. he was very good. But to get one, so a person of his kind of physique to get one touchdown doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so that is how he improves, even if the targets are the same. You know, as you said, Robert, his reception percentage is the same. Let's say his yardage is still a thousand, so the same. His TDs go up, then he's he's better. So that that's his story to get better. But are they going to be down there more, and are they going to convert touchdowns with Mariota? And we can talk about Mariota and Delaney Walker's relationship if you want. 
I've seen that a couple of times on Twitter, but I'm not I'm not following that too much. Um, but that is a nice story if you want to talk yourself into it. Uh, for me, Patterson, like I said, I think he's the key to this. Um, he fell off towards the end and Pitts got better. The last five games, they're literally, you know, looking at kind of stocks and whatever. One got, one went down and one went up. Um, if Patterson has fallen off because of his age or if they've stopped throwing it into him for any reason and he just wants to play running back or whatever, Pitts will probably carry on. If Patterson's still around the line of scrimmage, taking those little intermediate routes or short routes as well, that Matt Ryan threw to Patterson, then, then that hurts Pitts a lot. So that I'd be looking at that probably early season to determine whether Pitts does all right in the season or not. Yeah, he's definitely have to touch down regression. I think he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have a few more this year. Um but also I think Linda'll probably you know just because of the sheer size of both, I think Linda'll probably have a few opportunities in the touchdown. So he may not be, you know, he might regress to like eight or you won't you know, I can't see touchdown regression to eight or nine touchdowns for Pitts, but you could easily see, you know, four or five which would automatically you would assume would give him a better season than than last, but not a huge, not a huge improvement, I don't think, but slightly. Okay, moving on to uh, the Muth, Friar Muth, a man who ranked higher than Darren Waller last season, and we all remember where we took Darren Waller if you took him, because you'll never forget. Um, 60 receptions off 79 targets, 497 yards, seven touchdowns. Different offense, different quarterback. Um Tony, you again, you're nodding away. Frymouth, up or down? Um, it's up. It's up for me for Frymouth because he was he was in what? Well, um, uh, so he, last year, I was just thinking, Big Ben with his quarterback, just going the change in the offense. You had Juju, although he missed half the year. Big Ben um, and Claypool. And Deontay Johnson. So actually, they stay the same. This year, really, you you know, kind of swapping Pickens for Juju and Pickett for um, Ben Roethlisberger. So there actually hasn't been that much change. But I think he is absolutely locked in as the tight end on that team now. So, you know, the first year for tight ends do take a little bit of time. Didn't talk about that with obviously Pitts um, being the same same class. I can't see him coming off the field that much. So I think his his percentages went up to about 75, 76. And I think that's what they'll stay. Slap percentages now. He started off a lot less. Um, I think Pickett's going to, or if it's, if it's Trubisky first, even better, probably. And if Pickett comes in, say, week four onwards, as we've talked about before on this, he's going to be looking for the easy completions. I can't see Pickett going deep to Claypool. Can't see it happening or Pickens. So I think, you know, those two are going to get hurt. It's going to be Deontay Johnson and Frymuth when they need to throw. I just don't like the offense. That's the only thing that scares me. I think it's going to slip back a little bit. They might play slow. They might run Najee Harris a lot. Harris got a lot of targets from Ben as well, which every time we have this conversation, Matt, I know last year we did, you know, you want to get a tight end who who is on a team who has not got a receiving back or a good receiving back. That is the real money where the tight end is. You know, when you look at Andrews and Kelsey, they didn't throw to those players at all at the backfield because the quarterback either got to check it down to the running back or he's looking for his tight end if they're in trouble. So, you know, if it's a good receiving, you know, look at the San Francisco 49ers as well. We talked about Mitchell, he doesn't catch the ball. So 
Kittle, again, is in a good position there. That's the top three tight ends that we talked about. <clears throat> Harris is the best receiving back out of all those that we said. So, um, yeah, if Pickett's in trouble, he'll check it down to Harris rather than check the front. That's my only concern. But I, I do think he is primed to step up. Um, uh, yeah, and I think he can beat Titan 14, which he was last year. So he's he's going around Titan 8, 9. Yeah, I put him in the Goddard range, probably for redraft. Nice. Rob, where do you sit on there? So I agree with parts of it. I, I think, I don't think he gets better this year. I think he takes a step back, though I agree with Tone. I think the ranking where he finished last year compared to where he'll finish, he'll probably be higher. But that doesn't mean he's going to be a better player. I, I'm, of, I'm of the um, opinion that he was again a sell, a sell high, um, a real sell high for me. So seeing some of the um, value and trades that were going for him, um, I just think with the offense, it's too risky. Again, we don't know if it's going to be Pickett. We don't know if it's going to be Trubisky. I, I said last week Trubisky, and if it is Trubisky, yes. They, they, they both might check it down to the, to the tight end, but he'll also run because he's got some good let. You know, he's, he's, he's a quick he's a quick runner as well as Trubisky. So, but I agree with Tone. I think he will be on on the field, you know, a large percentage of the snaps, 70, 80%. But I think with the wide receivers they've drafted in, um, I think the offense will be slightly better. So there won't be as much of a need to throw as much as they did last year. Um, I think Ben sort of locked in on Fry move. Now, it doesn't mean that these two new ones won't, but there was an automatic connection last year, which obviously isn't there with these new guys. So I think the touchdowns possibly could come down. We could have been a negative regression there. So, you know, we have three, four, five, six, so seven last year. That yeah, could seven. easily come down. That's high. Yeah, yeah that's, that's high. That high. could easily come down to three or four, but you might, get, you might get similar targets, you know. I think maybe go up slightly on some of these weeks. He's having three, four, but again, if they play three three wide receiver sets, and if Harris is going to catch the balls, and if they're going to be a better offense, which I believe they will be slightly, then I can't see how he gets points wise. He gets better than he was last year. I think he, he like I said, I think he was a sell high. Um, but you know, if again it's a tight end, if he does catch a touchdown, he's at one week. He's a top five. He's a top five tight end. So. It's hard to judge, but yeah, if you're putting me on the spot, I say he goes backwards as opposed to forward this year. Okay, perfect. Well summarised. Tony, did you have anything to add before we wrap this up? No, I think that was good. You know, these second-year players, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if any other other ones uh, that we think that, that every, everyone we chose there could either go either way. I think that was a good uh, good selection. Um Fields is probably the one we skipped over a quarterback. We're about to mention him earlier with with Lawrence. So he's, I mean, they, yeah, he. I I, I really like Fields coming out, but he he didn't really do much last year to prove that, and they haven't helped him this year in the offense. So he's one I'm scared about. If I had to talk about someone else, um, yeah, I agree. But I think, but I think Self. everyone is scared. I think there's a buy. I think he's actually dropped to a point where he could be a buy. So it's strange because if he if he was to get, um, so do we think he's got? Let's say, let's say things go badly in Chicago. Is that a team that could easily switch quarterback next year and he'd be at the you know not out of the league but a backup? I think do so. Think, 
I think so, but I don't know what sort of draft draft capital they got next year. I know they had nothing this year. But I'm not sure if they got much next year. Oh, I see. Uh, well, let's say, I mean? well, let's yeah, yeah. Let's say they got the first and they finished bottom five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They could easily cut him. Uh, well, not cut him, but you know, they could they could replace him. But he's got he's not set up to win, is he? He's got Mooney and pretty much nothing else. They, they drafted that Vilas, Zavilas Jones, whatever yeah. it was, the, the old man. So I, I I really worry for Fields, and I think if you had him in Dynasty, I think you probably you missed a big window. I think you still sell him, you know, for decent decent amounts. But I I think um, he's out of all of them, he's the worst. He's my biggest yeah. worry. It's a flat. I, I I agree. So that was the only one I wanted to chuck in, probably. Nice, and I do have him in Dynasty, so uh, that's great, great stuff there, gents. Thank you. Nightmares to be out this evening. Excellent. Um, so yeah, as always, you can find us on uh, on Twitter at Bangers Trash Pod if you want to debate us or, or talk about any of Tony's. Tony took the uh, the hot seat tonight on the hot takes. So, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want to say anything to Tony, you can find us all on Bangers Trash Pod, or you can find Tony at FF underscore lights eight seven, and you can find Rob at Team Bests ten, um, and I'm at Statman May. Next week we're going to do a Dynasty Startup Mock Draft, and we might actually do it live. So watch yeah. out for that. Um, technical issues galore, but why not? Eh? Why not? We'll try and get some others in as well. Should we make it uh, yeah, some of the, uh, the old guard? Let's get the yeah. let's get the band back together. Um, draft. But yeah, you know what? What? How can you add more pressure to a draft than add in a live stream and, and a couple of extra technical bits? Eh? And then Marcello <laughs> Chirvi potentially as well. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening as always. And yeah, join us next week um, around the same time, hopefully live, where we'll be doing that mock draft. And in the meantime, look out on the Twitter feed for any of the extra content coming out and check out the website as always. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers both. Bye. See you later.